0: The next-gen CarPlay is expected to debut later this year. Will Netflix's nitpicking turn away existing customers? And will the iPhone Ultra bring clarity to Apple's lineup? We welcome you to this week's episode of Stern's Tech Talk.
1: Yeah, so with that, we'll jump right into it this week. And actually, we have some information on the 2024 iPhone. Is that
0: right? Yeah, that's correct. We have info over on 9to5Mac discussing Apple's plans next year to actually keep the Pro Max, increase its specs a lot more than they usually would, and create the Ultra to be even more of a high-end than we thought. Uh, This is actually from Mark Gurman from his latest piece over on Bloomberg. Um, and there's also mention that Apple is believed to not be working on the foldable at the moment. Uh, we weren't sure exactly when they would start that, but apparently yeah. from what Gurman is saying, uh, that is not in the process at all right now. Um, so this is kind of interesting, and it's kind of an interesting move on Apple's part. The whole point was basically they wanted to... They were seeing a lot of people grab for the highest price of the phone. They phones. were stretching their budget. Yep. And I guess from what Tim said he agreed with that and was like, yeah, they'll, they'll go for anything. They'll go for the that stuff. So let's just make this even more powerful and see how far we can tip this thing. Cause I mean, that's usually Apple's goal a lot of the times to see how far they can push the limits on prices on specs and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know what your thoughts were on this particular piece, but. Um, not really.
1: I didn't really have a whole lot to think about other than the fact that I don't really agree with the idea of differentiating the pro and pro max. Um, I felt like the screen size differential was enough for me. That's what I was uh, thinking. I think that's. I think that alludes to what you're trying to say from from Cook and and his uh, emphasis on and tr- attempting to uh, encourage or entice. People to spend more money. Yeah. So if you improve the specs on the Pro Max, then you increase the price and profitability. So Correct. that's the only thing I don't like. I didn't mind the idea of having an Ultra. I expected it to be a high price. I still expect oh, sure. it to be around a starting price of what thirteen, fifteen hundred, somewhere in there, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's where it'll start. Um, so it, it'll definitely overhit the uh, Galaxy S twenty three Ultra, which I think is twelve hundred. If I remember correctly. So, think it, yeah, I think it um, starts at 1200. Yep. Yeah. So, it's, uh, which that brings up one quick thing. Um, definitely head over to the other episode that we recorded this week on Samsung's Galaxy Unpacked event. Yes. Uh, we did record that separately. It's a little bit longer one, so we didn't really want to combine both episodes. Uh, so, that's a bonus uh, content um, upload right there. Just wanted to shout that out real quick. <laughs> uh, but with that yeah. being said, um, yeah, I don't really have too much else to think about that. it's It's just. Okay. <laughs> part of it's annoying because because kind of jumps around a little bit with his his predictions here and there, but it's it's hard to say with the economy, so I don't mind that part. But uh,
0: yeah, do you think they're still going to go with releasing the Ultra this year if they're already considering splitting the Ultra and leaving the Pro Max as well? Like, do you think they're still going to do that?
1: Here's my thought process. I think the only way they're going to kick in the Ultra this year is if they drop the Plus this year. And here's the other problem with that. We understand and know very well that most companies work with a two to three year plan. Mm -hmm. And I'm guaranteeing that they were betting hard that that Plus was going to sell very well. And we also saw this with the Mini, where even though we saw that the Mini sales had dropped, they still came out with the Mini 13, which I will say that that was a really nice phone. It had boosted battery life, and I felt like it was perfect uh, for the most part. Um, so I really don't think they're going to drop the plus this year. I think that's part of the plan. I think 2024 is when they're going to drop the plus and, all uh, likelihood introduce the ultra. Hmm.
0: That's my bet. Yeah. I probably agree with you on that one for sure. It's, it's if crazy. To methodically now, think
1: about it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause then now you have, cause then you'd have five phones and that's just stupid. It's too much. It's, it's way too, too much. much. So they have to, I was they have to get rid of one thing. So. Yeah, I was commenting on Facebook
1: about that with some people in the group, and I was just like, "It's their lineup is becoming way too overwhelming, and it doesn't look like much clarity is coming in the future." So,
0: Mm-mm, no,
1: um, five models is just over over the top. <laughs> so, uh, the other the only other thing that I did want to say about that uh, about the Ultra is that we do have rumors that they will have what they call bilateral wireless charging. It's just an Apple's fancy way of saying reverse wireless charging. So it sounds like they are in the works on doing that. We don't really know for sure when that will be um, introduced, what model that will come out on, whether that will be the 15 or the 16. Uh, I just do, I do know that we've had uh, rumors alluding to that. And that's probably something that I welcome. It's just something that I'm not really sure many people technically use, Uh, I I know a lot of Samsung Powerhouse users have lots of devices, but I don't really see them using that feature or hear them using that feature that often, so it's interesting. It's nice to have on the go,
0: but I'm not sure if you had any thoughts on that. Okay, so first thing, about freaking time. Secondly... (laughs) <laughs> um, I actually, I do like, uh, reverse wireless charging cause there's sometimes where I have a device with me, but I don't want to have to go over and plug it in. Like for my AirPods, if I want to charge those, but I didn't want to connect them up. There's a lot of really good benefits to having reverse wireless charging. Yeah. Um, I agree with you though. I do think there are quite a lot of people that don't normally use it on a, day-to-day basis. Maybe you don't even know it exists. You know, it's hard to say. Probably. But I just, I've hated that Apple has not done anything with that up until this point or at least the next year. Which is
1: funny because they are probably one of the leaders when it comes to battery life on their iPhones, at least within the first year and a half or so. And so the fact that you're able to charge your AirPods or something like that would be really beneficial to the user. So um, like you said, that's something that I I think it is about time and I, I definitely welcome. So... Moving on to something that's not too huge of a, of a piece of news here is that there doesn't seem to be much expectation that Apple will refresh the internals on the Mac Studio this year. Uh, much of which okay. is based on the fact that the Mac Pro will likely house the M2 chips, uh, which would have otherwise been in this year's follow-up uh, mm-hmm. for the Mac Studio. Uh, so it's probable that we will see the next studio desktop house, either the M3 or maybe even the M4 series, depending on Apple's plans. Um, nothing yeah. really major. Like I said, it wasn't like anything we needed to drag on. It was just something worth noting that if you were holding out to get a Mac Studio with an M2, it probably won't happen. Um But I did want to actually pose a question to you on that. And we kind of have hinted at it. We've kind of maybe broke it down just a little bit. But I just want to ask this. Do you really see any point in keeping the Mac Pro in their lineup? No. There's very limited customization in there. And I just don't see a point to it.
0: Yeah. And also, we've seen with their 2019 Mac Pro, how well that did and how much of a trading value you can get for that. Comparison with, like, say, the Mac Mini, it just doesn't makes compute? sense to have that it's what <laughs> what I said. I said it doesn't compute it, it, it oh yeah it doesn't compute um it just doesn't make any sense it's you have really good laptops you have really good um you know mac studios mac minis and stuff like that that are put out there for consumers and they work amazingly and it's not that the mac pro sucks
1: no, for the most not. part,
0: <laughs> um, not with a, not with M-,
1: M series integration, it doesn't. Ex- yes, I, it no, do really not well. at all. Yeah.
0: Um, it's just why why would have that unless you're just a person who's really into upgrading your PC a whole lot? I don't see a reason to necessarily keep it. It just I yeah. don't know. Yeah, that's my thought me.
1: process too. So I, like I said, I didn't really want to hone in on this too much just because I feel like it's almost an obvious thing to say. Um, they, we've yeah. seen what they can do with a Mac Studio. And all they really did was throw a couple huge fans on top of a Mac Mini and make that thing yeah. scream. So, um, <laughs> Pretty much but, yeah, we'll move on to something else that's not so Apple-related. So
0: yeah, so uh, the Pixel has released some new updates regarding their Bluetooth and clear-calling issues. Uh, we won't go into, obviously, too depth here, but I'll just name these uh, updates here. So for accessibility, um, there's some fix-for-issues preventing touch interaction with a Braille keyboard in certain conditions. For audio, there was a fix-for-issue occasionally causing instability while clear-calling is enabled in certain conditions. Uh, and here's where Bluetooth comes in. Uh, fix for issue occasionally preventing connection with certain Bluetooth devices or accessories. Uh, and then for framework, um, there's a fix for issues occasionally preventing work profile calendar information from updating in the background. So uh, all in all, again, not really much to say about that. They just uh, really uh, honed in on these uh, specific uh, problems and fixed it. So
1: Yeah, just a quick note on that one. It's kind of funny that they have that issue while clear calling is enabled stability is you know decreased so i just had to kind of laugh at that one um (laughs) not that i had any issues with the pixel when i had it it's just kind of funny how that works um heading back to apple though uh they have determined that for now they will not fulfill the position that evans Hankey, uh who left the company this past november she actually held that position and uh, hanky was the industrial design officer apple uh, that was actually originally held by Johnny Ive, which many of us loved him because of just his designs. And I think part of us just liked his accent too. Um, but now it actually seems yeah. that Apple is going to do away with that position altogether. And all subordinates that once answered to Hankey will report to the chief operating officer, Jeff Williams. Okay. Which I'll throw a tiny tidbit in there. Williams is actually also one of the names that is in the mix of conversation. Around Tim Cook's eventual successor. Uh, I know there's been a lot of people, a lot of names that have been like, okay, who's going to take over Tim Cook? He's actually one of them. I know a lot of people would like to see Craig Federici take over, but I don't know how well he would do in that position. But Jeff Williams is definitely one of those guys. So not sure if that surprised you or not. But
0: Well, I, I actually was kind of a little bit surprised by that because originally when I made that um, announcement, um, I was actually hoping that someone would take that because... I feel like it's a necessary part of the divisions that you have. You answer to a leader and that leader answers to an executive. Now, maybe it could be financial situations. However, I don't know why, because Apple's like making buku bucks here, but regardless, um, I don't know what the reason is, but I think it's just hard to find somebody. That's true.
1: I, 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 you know, to, to find somebody that had that type of knowledge and was so invested and integrated into that ecosystem and that company like Johnny Ive was, it, it might have just been Hanky just didn't feel like she was fulfilling it well enough or was just too much yeah. or whatever and That's I think true. it's just hard to find somebody else to put put in there so it's, it's kind of weird. I, I agree. I, I feel like they should have at least, um, you know, gave it more time to try to see if they could find anybody. But that was November. We're now in uh, February.
0: So, yeah, it has been a while. So, but yeah, with all that said, uh, we'll go ahead and move on to the next topic here. And this is actually news from 9to5Mac that uh, CarPlay that we've been talking about for quite some time now is in fact launching this year. Uh, the new version of it. Uh, now, I believe we actually have viewed previous images demonstrating this massively packed update. However, yep. if you all have not seen it, we will have the links down in the description so you can view it yourself. Essentially, yep. there are two major updates, um, just to recap here. The first is the main display for the newer cars that utilize CarPlay had have been completely shifted into a more well-rounded, more iOS-integrated feel to it. Uh, Honestly, if I could describe the image to you right away, it almost seems like some sort of iMac, uh, to be perfectly honest. Um, (laughs) It's crazy. The other thing is that the CarPlay will now be able to apply its OS to the screen behind your steering wheel that normally indicates your speed, temperature, um, eco-energy saver, if it has one, and so on. Not only that, but the article goes on to say that the mockups of this new version of CarPlay have had a similar style to that of the Mercedes-Benz EQS, where mm. the display stretches from the steering wheel to the passenger side. That was something yep. we touched on as well. So yep. yeah, this right. year, I mean, I'm pretty excited, even though I will never be able to afford a car like that. Probably, nope. Um, nope. <laughs> but it's it's great to think how uh, how amazing this is. This is crazy to think about. So. Yeah, I really don't have too much to say about that just
1: because I was really pretty much in awe the, la- the last time we talked about this and, and that yeah. it surfaced. and so, nothing new. Um, it's really, yes, yeah, I don't really see it like it's nothing new, but the fact that it's actually coming out for sure this year,
0: that's um, really cool news. Uh, I Like you said, I'm excited. It'll be great to actually see people using it, using and it, taking videos of it. Because you know we're just seeing the mock-ups. That's it. Like we're not seeing any exactly. utilization. So yeah, I think I touched on this last time. I think the only thing I'm really concerned
1: about is just bugs, because that is a really important yes. part of the car. And to have any issues, absolutely, that's a scary thing to uh, to even speculate. I'm, I'm I'm hoping that this is something they've been working on for years, uh, because it's not really something you want to mess around with. But um, no. no. Jumping along with screens, actually, uh, many streaming users really haven't been happy with uh, Netflix lately. Uh, Some of it has to do with their price increases. Other people left because of the lack of appealing content. Uh, And then there was a recent announcement of how they were going to eliminate the ability for sharing accounts. In a recent news update, Netflix noted some things specifically to their investors on just how they were going to accomplish this. Uh, And a lot of this relates to devices that remain on the household network and kind of paying attention to the IP address that you're accessing it from. Uh, It also notes that the user would have to log in, like, slash access their account uh, on their household network once a month Mm -hmm. to avoid having to go through the process of account verification, uh, which could actually prompt... The possibility you would be met with a notification that the primary account holder would have to incur the charge of a monthly sharing service fee okay so um, the cost of the sharing fee has yet to be specified, although we have seen this tested in other countries uh, which some amounted up to three dollars uh, I think the states would definitely amount to a higher price than that
0: do does Netflix want consumers? <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, you know when I read I just, this, when I read this, it made them sound like this is going to really help us, you know, refresh and re-enhance our um, product, no. and that it will increase our revenue. And all I really thought about was, is every step you've made thus far has made us anything but excited about watching Netflix. <laughs> The only reason why I watch it is because it that's comes with my T-Mobile subscription. That's yeah, it. If that's exactly it didn't come what? with T-Mobile, I wouldn't subscribe to Netflix. It's just, exactly I don't true. get it. So I don't mean to get all yeah. emotional about that. It's just, it really, it really no, bugs no, me. And, yeah, I, and your it's... question is ever so valid. Um, uh, so yeah. the once a month login access is somewhat of a gray area, uh, as this was once on Netflix's Help Center page, uh, but has since been removed. Uh, rightfully so, because it kind of begs a lot of questions in scenarios like, you know, college students that use their parents' account, you know, they'd have to constantly, you mm-hmm. know, go back once a month or whatever. So, and there's other scenarios like that as well. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's really frustrating for me and I'm kind of glad I don't intentionally subscribe to Netflix because there's just,
0: <laughs> there's too much annoyances. I mean, here, here's the reality situation. The only reason that Netflix is doing this is because they've lost so many subscribers last that year. That is exactly why. The revenue been, yep. is has been lost so much, and there are a lot of reasons as to why that is. Um, for example, a lot of their uh, series are just not things that people are interested in. They're not as good as the series that were once on there. There are only very yeah, few that are there's good. there's like only one so,
1: series that we were recently interested in that my wife and I watched, and that's about it, really, so... And then with them adding in the, um, I think it's their ads service. Uh, I think it's their base plan that has like the ads. Oh, along yeah. With it. yeah. Well, I didn't necessarily so, have a major problem with that. I'm I mean, Not not really either, but, but I think I was just, that was one way for them to help with revenue. Yes. And that was a logical way to help with revenue. But it's like every other thing they're doing
0: is just, it's pushing people away really. It's just the bottom line. Yeah. And, and so this is, this is on them. Yeah. Like absolutely. they... They can't push any more because the more they push, the more we're going to just leave, right Because yep. Yep. it's not like – what they need to do, if they want consumers back, don't increase prices. Don't make this more difficult on us. Produce stuff that actually people want to see. Produce things that are like really good, action-packed, really lively, you know s- – things that people used to actually enjoy a lot of them they just jumped but, off
1: the bandwagon really just just with all the stuff they had i mean i yeah. really i really noticed it back in the early 20 teens mid 20 teens because that's when they took off stuff like everybody loves raymond and yes. other you know feel good shows and they just started doing yeah. i i think the really the biggest thing that killed them is they started doing their netflix only shows or movies And if they would just stop pumping so much money into that, I feel like they would actually benefit a little bit better if they just kind of, you know, had some of those contract deals with other um, services, you know, CBS, Fox, whatever, ABC, and then go from there. So, but yeah, like you said, I didn't really want to go too much into this, but it's just, it's one of those things that uh, I'm sure this kind of hits a bit of a sore spot for most people if they have been recently subscribing. Yeah,
0: for sure. Um, But again, yeah, sorry for that crazy uh, (laughs) roundabout there, but we'll actually move on to some deals. Um, We actually have a couple here. So the first one is in regards to the Pixel 7. I mentioned that they fixed some updates regarding it, but uh, it actually dropped to their lowest prices. And uh, you can now get the uh, Pixel 7 for uh 4.99 on Amazon which is $150 off its standard price and then the Pixel 7 Pro has received an indicated discount as well and it dropped to 749 um so you guys can go ahead go over there and uh grab that it's a pretty good deal especially considering these are literally newer fo- the newest phones they have so yeah uh, they just came out this past fall so
1: yeah yeah definitely definitely good in- incentives right there to get uh, those Pixel products uh you still have another what eight months before the next one comes out
0: yeah it um it by the way it doesn't actually necessarily say when this deal is over with because the article doesn't seem to mention it but uh i guess get it while you like, can i mean we've never really we never really <laughs> mentioned how long these deals last just because we know only, if, it, only it, so. if the article really mentions
1: it but um yeah yeah so yep, and then going into the opposition of that uh, with Apple, we have a two hundred dollar discount off the M one
0: iMac. So um, that just yes. came out what a year or two ago. Yeah, so I mean it so. makes sense. That usually after about a couple of years, Apple kind of dips down on some of their previous products. So yeah, we kind of expect this sort of thing. And that's a really good you know home computer for just
1: basic business or just everyday yeah. internet you know paying bills and stuff like that. So I I, I think that's a good deal there um, moving back to streaming services I don't know why this is a, such a streaming type this is of a episode, really but it is prominent thing here it is um, <laughs> we don't normally hit on that that too much but uh, this was probably one of the biggest news that managed to miss the script over the past couple of months uh, here at sterns Tech talk and it relates to the NFL uh, Sunday ticket has actually found a new home And even though we had somewhat hoped that Apple would make an effort to add it to their Apple TV streaming service, they just couldn't come to an agreement. And it turns out that their prime competitor was poised for the position and struck a deal with the sports giant. YouTube TV will now be the home for NFL Sunday ticket.
0: No. No. (laughs) No. And oh, this will man. go on
1: for the next seven years. They have a seven-year contract with them starting this fall. Uh, no official num- no official numbers have been released as far as how much the agreement was between the two giants, uh, but estimates look to be somewhere between two and two point five billion dollars per season. So. Oh, man pretty up there and that was one of the reasons why there were two reasons that went into this one was that uh, AT&T felt like it was way too much money that's why DirecTV no longer held that and the other reason was is because Roger Goodell just said that he really wanted the next um venue to be a streaming service so and it really was between google and apple and i guess just apple said it was it was just too expensive um when they just really couldn't come to Mm, a deal on that that makes sense which is kind of weird i find just because apple like you said is in the trillion dollar market um so i don't know i'm not really too much against it Uh, I do actually prefer YouTube's interface better than Apple. That's true. Uh, It's just nicer because we are already Apple 1 subscribers and Apple TV comes with the package. So um, they did say that it will come through both YouTube TV and then you can also do it as a prime channel. So uh, it sounded like you didn't have to have YouTube TV to actually get that. Nevertheless sunday ticket has always been quite a pricey subscription for the average consumer so i don't expect it to stay at the existing price considering obviously the agreement went over what it previous was and i think that was around a billion 1.2 billion or something like that Mm -hmm. maybe it was 1.5 um but yeah i know you're kind of bummed about that sorry to uh burst your bubble Burst your bubble. Yep.
0: Yeah. No, that's all good. Um, I actually think that out of all of them, yeah, I'd agree that YouTube is probably the next best thing. Um, it really is. Yeah. So, but hey, we'll just come back seven years and maybe Apple See will get we're it done. <laughs> I don't know. So,
1: there was one other thing on a side note with YouTube TV, and uh, it's important to recognize that they were unable to renew their agreement with MLB and that any MLB network content will no longer be available on their streaming service. This mm. went into effect on and. January 31st. Yes, uh, nothing has really been clarified as to whether they would regain access, uh, just that they would try and remain in contact with the MLB network liaisons in hopes to once again provide that service. Um, but in most cases, if an agreement hasn't been met by the expiration date, then it's it's unlikely that it would reach a new agreement at a later date. Uh, it's possible, but it's very unlikely. Um, This actually probably makes me curious if they overextended themselves with that acquisition of Sunday ticket service. So it's kind of hard to say as this is pure speculation. that is true. Um, But I'm sure some baseball fans were
0: kind of bummed with that uh, dropout. They're just really shoving away the sports, I guess, with Apple. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, just to um, go ahead and move on here, we uh, have some information over on Mac Rumors. I know, shock, right? Uh, But this time it is not necessarily something about Apple. It is actually a. It actually has to do with Sonos, which uh, JD is actually familiar with since he owns a two to three thousand stereo system. To be honest, I just use the audio from my small TV, but I digress. Um, the article suggests that Sonos is pretty the, much the Apple of home theater. I'll just say that. <laughs> oh, well, we'll <laughs> see here. Um, the article suggests that the multi-directional Era three hundred will be. S- will be sonos's new flagship and that it will actually compete with apple's new home pod uh, the article goes on to say that it will it will include a USB-C line v USB-C line and a wi-fi six support and possibly bluetooth playback uh there is no price known and the article does state that they're also working on developing the next move gen speaker so um Hmm. Yeah, this is a standalone speaker, by the way. This isn't a system. I was. Yeah, I, I kind of
1: gathered that when you said HomePod, I assumed it was a standalone system. Yeah. Um, hmm. Not really sure if I like that, but I guess okay. Um. Did you actually have a price? That I, I you must have said that they didn't have a price. They for didn't it yet? have
0: a price for the. Okay. Yeah, they didn't have a price for the speaker yet. So. But it says it's going to compete with the HomePod, so I imagine it might be three, four hundred, five hundred $400, $500, maybe, something like that. It is Sonos, so you have to kind of expect them to be a little bit over, but... Yes, yeah. I mean, here's the thing, is like, when I first saw that, I was thinking, oh, if this is a stereo system, and they're competing now with Apple... And it's like if you're a two to three thousand dollar stereo system, and you are actually trying to compete with a standalone speaker that's three hundred fifty dollars, either you're lying to your customers, or the HomePod <laughs> is a lot better than I thought it was. Um, but no, this is just a standalone speaker. But even then, it's it's crazy to think that it's still a competition because I feel like from what I've heard from Sonos, like I've heard your stereo system, JD, and it's really really good in comparison to the HomePod. So, so that was
1: so funny. That was really funny because um, this could, this actually breaks down a couple things, thoughts in my head here. Okay, so first off, uh, I was listening to the Waveform Podcast with Marquez, um, and they were actually talking about or just theorizing what was this HomePod uh, geared towards. Mm-hmm. And one of yeah. them just suggested, were they trying to compete possibly with home theater? Against Sonos, because you can pair two HomePods together yes. and use them as a TV, you know, home theater system, right. technically, without a sub. I kind of had to laugh at that. Um, not because I, you know... Often disagree with Marquez uh, or his co-host. I just had to laugh at it because it's really, really hard to compete with Sonos. It just is.
0: Mm. Yes. Um, now, if
1: you're someone who wants to go for a full blown, you know, wired system because you are an audiophile, then you know that that's totally fine. That's you. That that's your preference. Your that's your money. Um, but mm-hmm. as far as wireless, yeah, you really can't compete with Sonos, and it's kind of, it was kind of That's funny true. how that worked out. And then you, and then I hear this news right here that you're telling me um, <laughs> completely, you know, uh, out of the blue on that one. I'm really, I'm really uh, interested to see how much
0: that will cost. I would definitely want to test it. Yeah, um, you can actually see the uh, the CAD drawing here. I sent you it. It's, oh, okay. It's it almost looks like a VR headset. Weirdly enough. That's a little scary. A little weird, yeah, but I imagine it probably has a lot more. Like I said, it's a multi-directional audio. So it's, um because I think the HomePod has sort of that multi-directional too, but this one might have even more space- they call it spatial audio. That's right. Um The HomePod has spatial audio. This one has multi-directional. So I imagine it's probably even more open in terms of the sound quality. But isn't that weird? Oh, my God. It looks like a loaf of bread. <laughs> it looks like it's like been shrinked in the middle. and It's a loaf of bread. I didn't okay. see that. I saw a VR headset, but yeah, it, it does actually kind of look like a loaf of bread. But yeah, oh, my word, that looks awful. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't think it obviously, that better, obviously, but... CAD renders
1: aren't true to form or true to life, so I can't really f- give my full uh, disclosure or you know uh, <laughs> opinion on it. Other than the fact that the CAD
0: file itself definitely looks like <laughs> something got
1: screwed up somewhere. It along does the look way. a little um, weird, but
0: I mean. I don't know. hey, as long as like the sound quality is like super good, I don't think it necessarily matters, you know. What Yeah. It yeah. Looks like yeah, I mean, no, to that, an that, extent. that's true. the aesthetic is important, but I don't think it so important pilly, that, it, yes. that it determines really like pilly. the factor of the audio itself because that's right. what the main thing is. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I think and here's here's the big thing that I and I think I mentioned this last week as well. Here's the big thing that I don't like about Apple or the HomePod is it's just iPhone only and that is one thing that just drives yes. me crazy. Oh, That's and I will insane. continue to reinforce that statement because it is a huge nuisance. It bothers me because even though I'm someone who is integrated into the Apple ecosystem, I just don't like being locked into a, you know, a device where I have to have an Apple device for it to work. It just does not make any sense. You have AirPods, they can work with Androids. Why can't you have a HomePod that is Bluetooth you know, compatible with Android? Yes. It's just dumb. It's I don't get it. So the fact that Sonos is doing this, I don't really think they need to compete with Apple. Uh, I think they're trying to actually just flat out steal it from Apple, period. I don't think there will be a competition. <laughs> <Pretty much. laughs> we'll have to see how this works. We'll have to see how the price goes and the quality of the audio. Yes. I'm fully confident that it will be far better and it will be more compatible on both sides. Um, I already, like, like, like O'Reilly said, I already have a whole Sonos system. I have an arc. I have, uh, two ones for my rear speakers and then I have a subgen three. Um, airplay is beautiful. It's seamless. Sonos has full app integration with many streaming services from Deezer to Tidal to, um, Apple music, Spotify, you name it. They got it. YouTube music. It's amazing. It's flawless. Mm-hmm. Um, every once in a while, they'll release an update that might like have an effect on your EQ, and you kind of have to adjust it or wait for another update to actually fix that part. But for the most part,
0: Sonos is just really impressive. So I don't know if you heard me say it earlier, but actually, it says, the article says that it poss- this particular speaker might possibly support uh, Bluetooth playback. So actually, you wouldn't necessarily need a... Um, a specific streaming service, you can just play it through your phone from like on YouTube or whatever you're playing it through. It doesn't have to be specific. Oh yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I assume that much. I mean, because well, there,
1: well, there's a difference because because the way that that works is I'm not sure if you actually um, ever went into the Sonos ecosystem. I did a little bit. Okay, yeah, so you actually go into the Sonos app, and you can tap on the music profile, and then it allows you to open up all those streaming services. So the fact that you can do that through the app, or you can just do it directly Bluetooth and just play whatever's on your phone, um, it's just up to the user. Yeah. It's the way it should be, it's the way it, it, it has been and, and it should always be. Yes, exactly. And so it, it just always goes back to the fact that we have our issues with Apple, we have our beef with them, and there's just certain things that will never change, and I don't expect this to either. Yeah. So that in the end true. I'm really excited about this.
0: Uh do they say they don't they didn't say when it would come out? It says um the Air Three hundred and the Aero one hundred will launch in the coming months. Hmm, that That is really interesting to see. But yeah, that's uh, that's all we had for today. We certainly get, hope you guys have enjoyed this particular episode. If you did, make sure you leave a like both on YouTube and Spotify. Make sure you follow and subscribe on both uh, services. And uh, on YouTube, if you really did like this episode, uh, go ahead and leave a comment and you know give your opinion. Uh, with all that said, uh, this is JD and Riley signing off. Peace out.